Welcome to the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast, where we try to give a refreshingly candid take on the long-term fantasy value of football players throughout their college and NFL careers. For all you Devi League, Campus to Canton, Dynasty Fantasy Football Managers, we're just two friends who spend all of our time talking fantasy anyways, so we figured why not grab a few mics and capture our conversations. It's your boys Josh and Jell, talking fantasy football and current events in our lives. It's time for the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast. Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast. Josh and Jill are in the house today. It's our big bowl preview episode. Got a lot on the slate today. Got some news and notes from around college football. Going to touch on the college playoff as uh, those rankings, final rankings came out today along with all of the bowl games. Get into the big New Year's Six games and then just some other fun bowl games that uh, we wanted to touch on, felt the need to, some interesting matchups or just kind of... need for speed. News and notes from those that make it relatively interesting. But yeah, that's... Uh, how you doing today, Jill? I just saw an ad for Jesus was born by a teen mom. That was <laughs> weird. Just a weird... Just, just a weird ad. So it threw me off a little bit, but I'm ready to go. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> None of that talk like, on this like, podcast. That's for sure. Yeah. No, no. I, I'm just saying it, it. You know, it kind of threw me. I just saw this ad watching, just trying to watch a little, you know, little Sunday night football here. And this is what I get, you know, so. Yes. Yep. Time to, let's uh, let's move on. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good. So like Jell had prefaced, we are recording this Bowl preview again uh, during the Sunday night game as the episode yesterday was. So if you get any reactions to it, uh, that's that's why we have the game on in the background. Otherwise, yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing good. I felt so good during the last recording drinking my hot chocolate and Bailey's. I went and uh, made myself another one. Uh, couple, uh, a solid like three to four second pour of the Bailey's into there, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Should be a fun one. We'll see how, it, uh, how I'm feeling after uh, this. Uh... That'll do her, bud. <laughs> yes, sir. But, uh, I got that Irish cream in. I got that Irish cream in the fridge. I'm tempted to just go and snag a snag a quick sip. But get on the rocks. Might have to too. save that for the. Might have to save that for the break. <laughs> nice, nice. What uh, what are you pouring down your gullet today? Well, if you want to make it sensual like that, I am going with the sensual sensation of. A, it's a tribute to my fellow Yinzers out there. It's a Yingling. Nice. And, I almost grabbed know, one of those I mean, they, too, but a hot chocolate and Bailey's just. Is I mean, if it's good. hey, if it's working, just yes. stick with it. No, Steelers got Steelers. Obviously, got the win uh, against against the Ravens. That's always worth celebrating. So it's it's a Yingling on uh, in my glass tonight. At a boy, at a boy, can't go wrong there. One piece of news. That is NFL related. Just wanted to throw out there. We did get news in between recordings here that it is feared Logan Thomas did tear his ACL and MCL. So that is very tough news. He had solid game today, big integral piece of Washington's offense. So that's uh, definitely a big hit, but hopefully he's on the mend. They just signed him to that contract extension at the beginning of the season. So hopefully he's back and ready to roll next year. One other piece of injury news as well, just NFL-related. Marlon Humphreys for the Ravens is now expected to be out for the year with a shoulder injury. So uh, just just another hit to that Ravens secondary. Keep that in mind uh, going forward for any of you that bet or any fantasy purposes. As we had touched on, this is the Dead Arm Sports Podcast after... The NFL NFL season gets done. We will be transitioning over to sports talk and away from our fantasy platform that we have started off the show with. But beginning of the week from now on will be sports talk. So if you're not as interested in that, just want the fantasy aspect of it, tune into our episodes that we release later in the week. We still got your fantasy, all the news and info that you need to make a solid playoff run, bring home that championship. If you like both episodes that's awesome we got lots of content headed your way in the next couple of weeks as we for transition days. over for days literally four days of the week <laughs> hey <laughs> we can be found at dead arm sports twitter instagram facebook i can be found at jpec das that's at j-p-e-c-d-a-s gel can be found at das gel that's at d-a-s-j-e-l 
write us any views that you want screenshot those will get you some sticker swag out in the mail otherwise you can definitely dm us any questions comments concerns that you have and more than happy to message you back or if you want them answered on the show we can definitely do that for the content Although, and that, that doesn't have to be fantasy related that could be anything, anything that you want us to touch on any topics uh, uh you know anything sports i mean i wouldn't say that we're necessarily experts in olympic curling or or uh nascar you know men's gymnastics but i would say we're pretty much locked in on anything football baseball basketball uh whether that's college or professional little nhl and definitely a lot of pga we actually had a really sweet pga event this weekend and DeShambo seemed to kind of uh get get his shit back together after his beat down that he took last week from brooks kepka so we're gonna we're, we'll be touching on everything, especially once that once that golf season really starts to ramp up. So that'll be another another thing that we'll be touching on, and hopefully we've got some golf fans out there as well. Yeah, MLS even. I mean, I I'm a big MLS guy. I like watching a lot of the teams. Austin FC is my go to team, but uh, got well uh, given that you got a Yeti, game coming given up. that you got your Yeti uh your Yeti mug, you better be an Austin FC Heck yeah <laughs> fan here. So. <laughs> Got their championship game next weekend between Portland Timbers and New York City FC. So no, Por- we- Portland has been has been incredible since the MLS really got going. I mean, they, they it's always been it's always been the Timbers, Portland Timbers, Seattle Sounders, LAFC had a little bit of a run, but they've never really you know because because they were able to attract uh, David Beckham, Landon Donovan, but they've never really been a you know, a true powerhouse where it's been really Portland and Seattle that that hashtag PNW that's been that's been tearing it up in the MLS. At least those are kind of the two uh, two main, I guess, if you want to call them dynasties within the or at least just just consistently awesome teams. Yes. Just a side note, gel. That is the L.A. Galaxy that you're referring to on. Uh, what did David I say? Beckham, LAFC. There's two L.A. teams. What did I? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, LA, what did I, I know say? what you're getting at. Okay, well, LAFC. Okay, yes. David Beckham's team. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we're we're super excited after the fantasy season gets done to jump into sports talk, everything and anything that piques our interest. So definitely be something fun to tune into. But let's get into some of the NCAA news that's popped up over the last week. Have a couple. Most of this is about coaches, couple coaches staying, couple possibly leaving, but we're going to talk about one that left from Mr. Brian Kelly, left Notre Dame to go down to <laughs> Louisiana State University down in Baton Rouge. And uh, Mr. Brian Kelly has always coached in the North, is from the North, and all of a sudden he popped up at a and I think it was a what halftime of the basketball game, and it has been introduced time of some of like an an. Louisiana State University. Yes. Basketball game. It was amazing that in the, what, 12, 24, 48 hours since Brian Kelly left Notre Dame, (laughs) he developed a Southern accent. I found that very intriguing. It's, uh, it's one of, I mean, all time acting job. He's, he's obviously got you know, incredible football coaching, recruiting skills. I didn't know he was also going for Oscars. It's, it's, it's incredible. This guy, this guy, you know, he's just, he's just a jack of all trades, apparently. Yeah. Apparently. I mean, what can't he do? <laughs> Win a championship. I, 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 that's my, for my, sure. my favorite word that he said, or I've got two favorite words that he said in during, during his little speech to the Louisiana State University fans out there uh my fa- i think number one when he says i'm out here with me and my family <laughs> who says that like who are you trying to fool here family like dude you have been in cincinnati and indiana for the last like two decades what are you doing so he drops family and then he says uh important <laughs> like come on are, what are we doing i mean i it, it, if you're trying to go for this like recruiting ploy here and you're trying to think like that nobody's 
it's one thing if you're coming from like Toledo or something or you know some other Ohio you know whatever Ohio school or like Indiana State where nobody's ever heard of you but everybody that knows anything about college football knows who Brian Kelly is because he's been with Notre Dame for 12 years and he's turned that program back into you know a top when he took over they were you could argue that they were outside of the top 25 programs in the in the country i mean yeah. they, they were they were in a really rough position years. and he really brought them back into a top 10 top 8 program so it's not like you can really just like fly you know kind of under you know and 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 pretend that you're now a southerner i i don't know it's 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 i mean if this is a recruiting tool that he's trying to do here He's, I, I feel like he's now because of this, he's just being made out as a complete phony. So now, now you just look, look like a phony in the South. I just, just feel like he's just a, looks like a jackass. <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of is a jackass. I mean, well, look at, I mean, he's look a, at okay, all this. He's a, I would say he's a jerk, but now he looks like a jackass, yeah. like a phony ass jackass. Well, look at all the shit that went down when he got hired. He hadn't even let his assistant coaches know that were out on the recruiting trail. Assistant coaches were in kids' houses talking with them when this news went down. How are they supposed to be like, oh, yeah, come play for Notre Dame. Oh, wait, Brian Kelly's going to LSU? What? Like, what? I will say that he was also out on the recruiting trail. <laughs> when he got the when he got the actual like final call that it was accepted yeah but I, but which which is which is another which is just adds to the phoniness i guess because he's trying to you know I, I don't know that that's that's just that's just an incredible beginning to his uh lsu career now i will say you have only lived in wisconsin illinois michigan like you've spent most of your life or just Wisconsin, all, at least probably all of your life, probably yeah, all of your life, states. at least in the Midwest, right? Yes, hundred percent. So I will say that, like, if I get a couple drinks in me, a couple bourbons in me, and I'm around other Texas folk, then I'll start saying things like "folk," <laughs> y'all, so, y'all, folk, like the the most. The, the biggest example, the easiest example is if I say, like, you know, us up in the north, up in the Midwest, we'll say, we'll pronounce it downtown. But down here, it's people will say downtown. <laughs> like, we're going, we're going downtown. Kind of a, you know, I exaggerated a little bit. But if I have, you know, if I'm around a bunch of other Texans and I've got a few drinks in me. I'll kind of slip a little bit of a little southern drawl in there. So maybe, maybe Kelly had a few too many bourbons. Maybe he had some uh, some of the some hurricanes in him, and yeah, and he uh, you know kind of just ended up slipping up that way. I don't know. I was also gonna say, Gel, you're also known to after a few drinks start yelling Spanish out of a hot tub in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, well that's uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Yes, lots but... <laughs> of uh, that was a uh, Frio and Dallas blonde induced. That's uh, that's for sure. <laughs> All good, right. old, good old Frio, yes. as uh, described as the scent of carpet cleaner and the taste of Veg- stale corn, stale corn or vegetable oil or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a, not ideal. All right, moving from LSU, not hashtag not a sponsor. Definitely not. <laughs> Moving from LSU over to Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin was kind of rumored to be going to Miami if any of those jobs opened up, possibly Oklahoma. His name was kind of getting thrown around all over the place, but Ole Miss came out, and like a lot of the assistant coaches or a lot of coaches this offseason, universities are starting to pay them so that they stay. And no different with Lane Kiffin, what is it, $7.5 million per season now he's going to get to stay at Ole Miss, so he got the payday that he deserves i mean he's yeah he's yeah, a great and, coach and, and really this i feel like this whole thing started with with michigan state yeah, offering mel tucker. that that mel tucker the 10-year 95 million dollar contract for him to stay and then it was and then it was just a domino effect from there and then 
That's when Dave Aranda got the huge offer from Baylor. And now you're seeing this with Lane Kiffin. Like, all we can, we, we have to just throw them the money for them to, to get them to stick around. You wonder, you know, <laughs> we, we always kind of thought, you know, these colleges were always screwing the, uh, screwing those students by not paying them. And these coaches weren't getting anywhere near this money. No, <laughs> unless you're, you know, a Nick Saban type. Yep. Now these kids are getting NIL and they're like, ah, now we don't have to spend as much money in recruiting because we don't have to offer a recruit 200,000 bucks to sign with us. So we can, you know, sure. You know, it was cheating. probably more this than cheating that. still go. This cheating is still going on. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, oh, we save a little bit of money on recruits. We can throw that straight at the coach and and keep him around. Yeah. No, it's it's nice to see coaches staying though and building up programs. I mean, you you always want to Yeah, see I totally that, agree. So I I I, I like loved that, that. I loved that Mel Tucker stuck around at at Michigan State especially because that that program has been you know, they 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 had their couple of years with Saban a ways back before he went to uh LSU. Mark D'Antonio kind of re-brought back some stability and some success until he retired, and now it looks like Mel Tucker could be there for the next decade. So it's all it's it is good to see some stability and some programs rebuilding themselves. Yeah. One program that doesn't have much stability right now. We're going to jump down to the University of Miami, and they're acting like a eighth grader that's trying to figure out who he's going to the dance with. He's got his <laughs> uh, he's got his girlfriend, but. Uh, there's a new shiny uh, toy or a new uh, new girl that's in school, and he's trying to hedge his bet and say, "Well, do you want to go to the dance with me? But if not, I'll uh, I'll take my old girlfriend to the dance." So this is uh, what they're doing to oh, and, Manny. Oh, and the and the and his current girlfriend knows. Yes. That oh, it's... he wants to take the more attractive. Uh, you know, more popular girl. Yes, to the this dance, is, uh, open relationship, but <laughs> by the gentleman here. But <laughs> for 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 him, for not, him, yes, yes, not but for her. No, apparently, we're again we're recording this on Sunday, and the rumor out there is that the University of Miami has given Mario Cristobal till tomorrow to decide if he wants to take over as the Miami head coach. Otherwise. Manny Diaz is going to be retained as the head coach. So I can't imagine Manny Diaz is feeling that great right now that they're shopping his job and not necessarily <laughs> firing him and that he's pretty much their second choice to lead them going into next season. And there's also that rumor out there, Jell, I'm kind of throwing two parts at you that I want to hear your response on. But uh, apparently if Mario Cristobal takes over this position, he's going to keep Manny Diaz on as a coordinator. So like... <laughs> What is going on in Miami? Well, so this is what... Okay, so right now, Miami does not have an athletic director. That's what... This is what you get when you just have a board of regents that are trying to function as an athletic director. It's kind of... It's it's kind of like all of college football. There is no college football commissioner. So it's just a bunch of ADs and and or XADs that are Conference on the committee for the college football yeah. playoff. There's no commissioner. <laughs> it's kind of this is this is the way that Miami's decided to run their program. Now I think I would hope at least they're in search of hiring an AD. They are. They're trying to lure Clemson's down. Clemson. He's a Miami graduate. So Can't you hire name, Clemson's but... AD. If you're Mario Cristobal, why would you? Do you have any? Like, would you rather leave a stable organization like Oregon football with Phil Knight as your main booster, Phil Knight with Nike as your main booster that can attract that, that school can attract any recruit on the West coast to go to Miami. Who's been in shambles ever since Larry Scott or not Larry Scott, uh, that white haired head coach from Back in like the mid two thousands, can't think of. Uh, um, but like, would you rather go to that school with no stability and no athletic director? And then who knows? Let's say you go there, they hire an AD, and they're like, "Uh, 
I don't really want Mario Cristobal. Cristobal is my coach. Let's go. Let's let him go and and find somebody else. Who knows? I mean, it's 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 like hiring a head coach before in the NFL. It's like hiring a head coach before you hire a GM. That head coach in the NFL, if they go if they go four and eight or whatever, or five and five and what is it? Five and twelve? Five and thirteen? Five and twelve now? Uh, like that coach might be out. Because that GM's like, I didn't hire that guy. So if they bring in Mario Cristobal, Miami goes six and eight, and or six, whatever, however many games they play, and six and seven, and don't really do squat, and you have a new AD in there. That AD says, Mario, you're out. I want to hire my own guy. Then Cristobal's just screwed. I mean, he could he could get another job at another Power Five program, but not even close to as lucrative of a deal that he could get with Oregon. If Oregon offers him assuming they want to offer him another, a 10 year contract, similar to a Brian Kelly, similar to Elaine Kiffin. Yeah. I, Oregon's a great program to be at. Like you said, you have all the resources to be successful. There have great recruiting history at least, but Mario Cristobal is a university of Miami grad. So I think he wants to go back there and see what he can do. And it's always intriguing to, if you're, I mean, obviously I've never been in that situation, but it'd be intriguing. The same reason Jim Harbaugh went back to Michigan, try and that's, turn that's around the, your that's alma the, mater. That's, the exact, so that's it's, the perfect That's comp. exactly what he's doing is he's getting an offer from his alma mater, a program that he has a lot of pride in. He went to school there, played football for them to try and turn around that program and bring them back to prominence. I mean, they're in a really crappy ACC conference that – I mean, Clemson had a down year this year. They're, who knows? We'll see what happens Clemson next still year. Is gonna end up They're still going to be good. Games yeah. most likely. But I mean, they got nine now. It's wide open, and it's a conference that I don't know. It's been pretty equivalent the last few years with Clemson to the Pac-12. I mean, yeah. Pac-12 is not. Granted, you have Lincoln Riley coming over now that should help bolster that conference, but it hasn't been anything to write home about recently. So, no, I, I, I mean, I get, I get that, but. Um... I, I don't know. I, I still couldn't see, just given how that Miami program, given that there's no AD, there's no clear leadership. I mean, if Mario Cristobal ends up there, he maybe he's thinking, I effectively become the AD of this university. That could be it. That could be his thought, too. I don't know. I, I mean... You think you think any you think Nick Saban or Alabama's AD has more power? Nick Saban <laughs> does, <Yes>. obviously. <laughs> so maybe that's his thought process if he went back to Miami. But it's always easy to go home back. You know, it, it, well, it's always he, intriguing. <laughs> exactly, and and you know we saw this with Mark Richt. He was at Georgia, but he is he was a Miami. Grew up coaching there at Miami. I believe he was a Miami player. And he had a pretty nice run with at Georgia. And then he... I I don't know if he got canned or they mutually split or whatever the terminology... What that BS Just terminology is. Just a nice is. way to say he got canned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, then he, but then he went back to Miami. So it's like, you know, going back home is always tempting, especially once you've established yourself as successful. You always you always want to kind of go back home and be like, I can do this for my home state, my home city, my alma mater. So I, I get the I get the I get the temptation. I just think that right now is not the time for Cristobal to make this move. Yeah. No, and we'll see. Like you said, he hasn't accepted it yet, so we'll see within the next. And like you said, with Manny Diaz, you think Manny Diaz is gonna just go from head coach back down to defensive coordinator or or assistant head coach rather than go and try to find another head coaching job? That's 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 a straight up demotion. Yeah, depends what the you paycheck. When's is, the last I guess, time you but... saw a demotion in college football? <laughs> I can't remember. I At least in coaching, that, that's the exactly. I don't know. That's. That's a little bit cocky for Miami to think that that would be the plan. Yep. Which they have nothing to be cocky about. No. 
Brent Venables rumored to be finalizing a deal with the University of Oklahoma to be their next head coach. He is currently the defensive coordinator for Clemson, so that's definitely a big hit. I know his name has been thrown around the last couple of years as somebody that possible head coach. So it's interesting that Oklahoma is going in the direction trying to get more defensive minded after the last few years where they really haven't had a defense. It's just let's outscore <laughs> the other team. So they're going to have to. We've touched on that in multiple episodes. If you want to hear our take on that, jump back to our previous NCAA episode that we released. But we knew that they had to go this direction if they want to compete in the SEC because you can't just outgun teams in the SEC if you want to compete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 Alabama, Georgia, who have two of the best defenses in the country. I mean, even Ole Miss has games where their def who they're run by Lane Kiffin, and he's just like, let's his his motto is let's outscore. But even they've had games where they're playing really really strong defense. Florida brings Florida the the Gators. Yeah, they need a new head coach, but. They brought in a uh, defensive-minded coach from Louisiana, uh, University of Louisiana, not LSU, Raging Cajuns. Oh, yeah. Lafayette. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Lafayette. UL Lafayette, as now they're just known as University of Louisiana, which I preferred UL Lafayette. But <laughs> but no, and, and he's a defensive-minded head coach, so it's the SEC is trying to catch up to you know knowing that Georgia's had the success that they've had with Kirby Smart as their you know former DC for Alabama and the success that he's had and and really the defenses I I get that you can you can think we're going to just outscore everybody but it's not like Mike Leach with his offense is outscoring too many uh too many teams at Mississippi State Right now, at least, you know, in the SEC. So, really, defense reigns champion right now. And Brett Venables is going to be giving up a two and a half. If he takes this OU job, yes, he's going to be paid a lot more handsomely. But right now, he's being paid two and a half million dollars a year to be that Clemson defensive coordinator. So, so he's obviously willing to give that up and, and take that next step with... A pretty badass program. I mean, this is a great opportunity for him, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe he can keep Oklahoma in, you know, from falling from the rafters <laughs> if he can establish a solid defense and and obviously do enough to have Caleb Williams continue to be a dominant quarterback. Get him to stay there. <laughs> That'll be his first job. Yeah, when for, he takes actually, over. for real. <laughs> Last, uh, I, would, I would doubt. I would doubt Caleb Williams would transfer at this point. But I can't, especially with the recruits that have committed to USC. I think he'd be dumb. Yeah, where's so. he gonna go? <laughs> All right, last piece of news. We saved this one for college, as opposed to giving it to you in the NFL yesterday. But I think you and I have a little bit differing opinions on this gentleman, Joe. But Joe Brady was removed of his duties as the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. So came during their bye week. Any hot takes on that? I mean, yeah, so Joe Brady was the he he went or he was the previously the quarterbacks coach for LSU under Ed Orgeron. They elevate him to offensive coordinator, and that's when the year that LSU won the title. Granted, they had mad NFL talent with Joe Burrow, uh Edwards Alaire, uh Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson Randy Moss's kid. Uh, <laughs> Thaddeus? Thaddeus? Th- Thaddeus Moss. So. Sounds right. And but they they won the they won the national title with him as their offensive coordinator. From there, and that was when I believe he was twenty he started off that season when he was twenty nine years old as their offensive coordinator. Kinda crazy, twenty nine years old to be an OC for one of the top programs in the country. After that title game, he goes to the Panthers. They obviously, you know, for these over these last two years, it's been an offensive struggle. They canned him over the weekend. I think that he's still looked at with enough high regard that he should be in line for a high-end college head coaching job. He's clearly successful in college with his offense. 
Now the problem is they canned him after a lot of these high-end programs, uh, their coaching vacancies have already been filled. But I still think that he should be focused on getting, trying to get a high-end head coach job somewhere with, with a really high-end program. I mean, why would he not aim for that? And why should he shoot for anything lesser than that? I mean, he could aim for that, but I don't think he's going to. I I think he's just a product of how great that LSU team was. Granted, I think he was, I mean, he was obviously a great offensive coordinator for that, but you look at that team, Ed Ogeron didn't do anything prior, didn't do anything after, he's gone. He's out at LSU. That's the whole point. That's my point. That's my whole point is that he, 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 I mean, Joe Brady was only the OC for that year. When they won the title. But he hasn't done anything since he went to the NFL. And the big question is that you have to do as a college coach, can he recruit? He has no track record for recruiting. I get, okay, I get that. But also he's been in, it's not like when he went to the Panthers, he was with anything special. Teddy Two Gloves as, as his quarterback. And then Darnold, who started off the season hot as hell, but then now he's been relegated to the bench to a third string role i just don't think he's done behind anything cam to prove. and pj walker but what is he it's 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 this is a, this is a talent issue for him on the nfl level i don't know i think he can get a power five job but i wouldn't hire him as a high-end program no chance I, it, he's got to work his way up i mean yeah i mean i he should get a head coaching job somewhere i would take a chance on him but not he shouldn't be in discussion for some of the high-end college jobs. Maybe a lower-end Power Five that needs a new coach. What, and... Like what? Like Indiana? I mean, he's. I think he's above that level. Why? Of a for his one season that he had four guys. He's that only went had first one round of the draft. Where he actually had power as an offensive coordinator. That's his only season. But again, it's not just calling an offense in college. You, there's so many other aspects to it that you have to take into I... fact with the head coach. I mean, I, I I get that, but same thing with all these other offensive coordinators that have made that jump from OC to head coach. Kyle Shanahan made that jump from OC of the Falcons to head coach. Yeah. A number of NFL guys. Kyle Shanahan didn't have any college head coach experience when he got hired by the Niners. His uh, dad no. did. I get that. Neither did Matt LaFleur. Neither did a number of guys that came from that, you know, under that Shanahan tree. I get Mike Shanahan. It falls under Mike Shanahan's, you know, quote unquote coaching tree. But a lot of these guys didn't have previous head coaching experience at all. And they've turned in really solid programs. Marcus Freeman from Notre Dame, defensive coordinator, has no head coaching experience. Takes over for Brian Kelly. Got a new deal. We obviously we don't know how successful he'll be, but it's but you 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 can't just for these high end jobs. I mean, you have to you can't just go after guys with only head coaching experience that are out on the market. Yeah, because there's a reason can, that those head coaches are out on the market. But they're not very good. So you have to promote DCs and offensive coordinators that have a lot of experience that have other Brent, experience. Brett Venables, does he have head coaching experience? As far as I know, he doesn't. But he's coming from and he's, but he's got a lot DC. of. I'm saying he's had a lot of years as a coordinator. Joe Brady has had what? He was a quarterbacks coach for a dog shit LSU team. Then he was offensive coordinator. You got Joe Burrow transferring in. You had all of the talent in the world on offense. There was a lot of offensive coordinators that could have won a national championship with that offense. They did a lot of new they did a lot of different stuff. That offense did a lot of different stuff once he was the actual play caller with LSU. You'd yeah. seen that LSU offense before he started being the play caller. Well, I mean, that's what was, I'm saying was, that we was, don't it mostly, have It was mostly power run, power run to the left, power run to the right, off tackle to the left, off tackle to the right, screen, shovel pass. You know, and then the occasional downfield throw. Once he actually became the OC and the play caller, the one that's designing the plays, that the one that's actually scheming against the defense, we saw what happened. Yes, there was mad talent. I get that part. 
but he maximized that talent into arguably the best college offense of all time, statistically. Joe Burrow? Are you kidding me? He was a transfer from Ohio State. He was because he wasn't getting any playing time. And yeah. he turned him into the number one overall pick. You think that, that you think that his coaching his offensive coordinator role didn't play a factor in Joe Burrow's growth to turn him into the number one overall pick? How else would Burrow end up as the as <laughs> Joe Burrow's career was going nowhere without Joe Brady? I don't know. You can have Joe Brady wherever you want to. I I wouldn't touch him. I'll take him. I'll take him at Wisconsin. I'll take <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> I'll take him over Paul Christ right now. Uh, Get a little bit, hopefully, a little bit more dynamic at head coach. No, I don't. I don't want that. All right, we've touched on not the that, news. Not that Graham enough. Mertz would turn into Joe Burrow because that's impossible. But I don't know. I I, I think Joe Brady's a stud at least when it comes to scheming offensively, <laughs> which. Again, yeah, I'm not not going to go there because there's a lot more to a team than that. But college football playoff, we are moving on. That was decided today. The top four teams, Alabama, jumped from number three to number one. They are going to be taking on Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl down in your neck of the woods, Gel, at AT and T Stadium. Yeah. And Michigan is taking on Georgia. So Michigan stayed in that two spot. Georgia moved from one to three. It was. An interesting college football playoff discussion going into this weekend, but after the games, it pretty much settled itself out where the committee had an easy choice. They just had to figure out where they were putting the teams, and obviously they don't want to have to have Alabama and Georgia rematch in the semifinals, so they had to split those two teams up, moved Alabama up to number one, so that way they'd just face Cincinnati and have a potential Georgia rematch if both teams can make it to the championship, but... What are your initial thoughts on the uh, college football playoff? No, I mean, th- this is this is what I think that we all had expected after we saw Alabama beat Georgia. I, it Again, if you put, you, you could absolutely make the argument that Michigan deserves to be number one after Alabama had not really looked all that impressive this season until this last weekend against Georgia, and Michigan absolutely ran train. But are you really going to put Michigan at one, Bama two, Georgia three, and just have a you know have a rematch right away between Alabama, Georgia? I think you'd rather. I think I think they're obvious. They're clearly they would clearly rather save. And if there were to be an Alabama Georgia rematch, they would clearly rather save that to be in the title game. So no shocker here for me at all and this and and really Alabama has the best win on the season throughout all of college football with this win over Georgia so I've got I really don't have any issues with this no I'm just glad I am am happy to see Cincinnati get in it would have been really shitty if Notre Dame would have you know if if Notre Dame if they would have figured out some shitty way to sneak Notre Dame in and I'm and this is and and really if Oklahoma State would have won it could have been. It could have gotten real messy for that four spot between Cincy and and Oklahoma State. But yeah. I'm glad that it shook out the way that it did, and I think these are the four teams that do truly deserve to be in. No, I do too. And Cincinnati, if Notre Dame would have been in the four spot prior to this one, and then Cincinnati was at number five, then you could maybe make a case for it. But I mean, Cincinnati's played their heart out all year, undefeated. There's no way that they don't have deserved to be in this so i i think they got it right that michigan georgia matchup is going to be very interesting i'm very curious in that one georgia defense took a shit against alabama giving up 41 points did not look very good michigan's offense has been absolutely rolling the last couple weeks michigan's defense has looked halfway decent so should be an interesting game georgia their defense is matched up i think offensively michigan's got enough firepower to overtake Georgia if it gets <laughs> gets going in this one but should be should be pretty interesting I don't I don't know my my gut says Alabama Michigan I think we're going to see the top two teams I think Georgia Michigan has just been on too much of a roll right now granted it is going to be 3 weeks now and sometimes we've seen in the past where this delay in playing 
does mess with teams a little bit, but I don't know. I, I don't think we're going to get to see that SEC rematch. I think it's going to be Alabama-Michigan. But I, I think Cincinnati could give Alabama a little bit of run for their money too. They, they don't have anything to lose here. So it's <laughs> – they're, they're, no, no, they're since, playing with free money. Be throwing out – it's it's going to be balls to the walls for Cincinnati. They're, this is – and and every non-Power 5 school is going to be rooting like hell for Cincinnati this this for, in this matchup. I personally just think Alabama's going to just overpower Cincinnati here. I don't see how Cincinnati does have a sweet quarterback and some and some sweet skill position players, a number of guys on defense that are that are noteworthy, but Alabama's just stacked and deep. I mean, a number of a number of the Alabama second uh uh second string players would beat out Cincinnati's first stringers. Now Cincinnati does have something sweet going this year obviously. They've been in it for the last couple of years. Desmond uh Desmond Ritter's been solid all year for the last couple of years. So I think that I I think Cincinnati could give them a run for their money, but I don't see really any chance that Cincy comes out with a win over Alabama. I mean, do you even think that's a possibility? I mean, anything's possible. I expect Alabama to win the game, but I think it'll be it'll be closer than people think. I hope. I, I mean, I hope so. That's that's what I'm rooting for. And then, as far as Michigan Georgia goes, it's just two insanely physical teams, both built on the run. Neither of them have a, a really great passing game. I mean, uh, Stetson. I believe is the Georgia quarterback. He's trash. <laughs> he's not I, great. He's not great. Yeah. And Michigan has this two QB system, so you know, you know that they're not they don't have, you know, that stud QB. So I think it's just gonna be a physical ground and pound. I could see that that game that game going either way. I'm much more intrigued by Michigan, Georgia than I am Alabama, Cincinnati. Yeah, I think that'll be the better of the two games. I don't expect the Michigan Georgia game to be very high scoring either. I think it's going to no, be a defensive struggle. No, no, it's, it's going to be a physical and, ground yeah. and pound, and yep. you know, maybe, maybe, you know, probably a couple picks, and <laughs> it might might be a little ugly, but <laughs> yep. so that's why I see that that could go either way. All right, initial gut reaction, Gel. Who's uh, who's your national champion this year? After seeing Alabama this past week. Like I hate to say it, you got your you've got the Heisman Trophy winner. You got Nick Saban. They're just they're. It seems like they're just finally getting their shit together after dominating Georgia. I think it. I personally, I think it's going to be Alabama. I I'm going to lean Michigan. They're arguably just as hot of a team right now on a roll, and I I'm hoping it's Bama Michigan. I think that's going to be an absolutely fantastic championship game. So. We'll, See what uh, shakes and out. There seems to be something about Michigan this year, you know? You've yeah. got, I mean, Aiden Hutchins. It, like, this is, it feels like kind of a magical year for them, you know? I, I don't know. It feels like it matters more to Michigan than it does to Alabama, too. You saw you saw how hyped they were after the uh, Ohio State win, and then again after the Iowa win. Like, I will say that Michigan definitely has like the you know, and and they were they were outside of the preseason top twenty five, so it's like they they have all the momentum. They have the storybook. This is like the storybook ending for this team. So I I guess I would have to say I'm probably I'm I'm rooting for Michigan to win it this year. I'm just always I'm just always scared about Alabama and what they can do. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. That's why if you're any team that was in the playoff, you were hoping for Georgia to win so that way it would knock them out so they don't have a chance. But, and then they'd be yeah. So. All right, we'll move into the other New Year's Six Bowls. We will start with the Peach Bowl and uh, Battle of the Michigan. Peach Bowl. Yes, Michigan State versus Pittsburgh should be pretty high scoring in this one. I expect. Uh, Kenny Pickett to have a nice day. Kenneth Walker the third should probably get back into the end zone, get a solid game out. His last one, I would presume, before he jumps to the NFL. But 
any any gut reactions, takeaways from this one, Gel? It's pretty pretty even matchup, I think. Should be a pretty good game. Well, you got I mean, you got two of the biggest names in college football that aren't on typical powerhouses with Kenneth Walker for Michigan State and uh Kenny Pickett for for Pitt. So Battle of the Kennys. I I guess yeah. <laughs> Battle of the Kennys, the the Kenny Bowl, if you will. Uh, so I th- I think that's the most intriguing part for me is just to see how they end up performing. You know, knowing this is going to be both of their last games in college, and they're both going to be trying to showcase themselves to make sure that they're drafted high in the in the NFL draft. If you're Kenny Pickett, you have to be thinking right now. I'm the front runner for quarterbacks going into the NFL draft. Yep. Last time to showcase his skills. (laughs) So so go out there and ball out. And and Kenny Kenneth Walker again, not a stud running back class either, so he might be thinking, Okay, let me go out and ball out, throw another five touchdown game onto the resume and see how high end I end up getting drafted. Yeah. No, it should be should be fun. Next up on the slate is the Fiesta Bowl. That's uh, Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State. Marcus Freeman versus the Mullet. It's uh, should be a, <laughs> should be a good one too. That should be solid defensive game and not typical for the Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta is usually pretty high scoring. Usually, it's ends up pitting two teams that are high powered on offense. Usually, get a lot of points, but this one should be pretty middle of the road again. Pretty evenly matched two teams that were fighting for that last college football playoff spot going into this weekend and didn't come away with it. So both have a little bit of chip on their shoulder here and uh, should be should be a doozy. Yeah, I I feel like this is gonna be Notre Dame's game. From what I know about Marcus Freeman, just for, or I guess I don't know personally, but from what I've heard about Marcus Freeman, who took over for Brian Kelly as a head coach for Notre Dame, he's been uh, every, the players love him. He's an awesome recruiter and he just, he can just relate with these players. He's, he's younger. So he's got a lot of that energy that a lot of these players really, you know, love and, and, and kind of attached to. And I could see this, you know, you know how it goes, like when an interim head coach comes in, whether that's in, you know, that could be any sport that could be, that could be basketball, baseball, football. I mean, we see this, we see this sometimes interim managers for baseball teams when they take over and then they win, you know, it's, it's, it's a shit ass Orioles team. That's, you know, 20 and 72. And then they end up winning like eight of their next 10 or something. I mean, that's you know there's there's just a new energy when a new when there's new leadership in the clubhouse in baseball this is kind of the same scenario new leadership on the field in the locker room and a lot i'm sure some of these players were getting kind of sick of brian kelly because he's a dick and they're probably like okay Screw that guy. Let's rally around our new leadership. This guy gets us. He's young. He's energetic. He's focused. And I th- I, I could see this being an abs- a Notre Dame win by, you know, 18 or so. Yeah, it depends. If it's the Oklahoma State offense that showed up against Baylor this last week and really struggled, did not look good, Sanders turned the ball over a ton, it's going to get ugly. I mean, four picks. Yeah. Come on. You can't, obviously you can't do that again. No. So it should be, should be interesting. But uh, like I said, both teams have a chip on their shoulder, something to play for in this one. So it should be, should be exciting. Moving on to the Rose Bowl. We had talked about it yesterday. Utah finally getting a chance to head to Pasadena and play on the granddaddy of them all (laughs) against Ohio State. Ohio State has not made a trip to the Rose Bowl in quite some time outside of it being a college football playoff game, but this is their first time in the Rose Bowl in a while. Coming off of that loss to Michigan, they obviously want to prove that they are (laughs) the team to beat in the Big Ten, and Utah has been on a roll this season. This one... This one could get up there in high scoring too. I mean, Utah, both offenses have been pretty much rolling outside of Ohio State against Michigan. So it I'm excited for the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I, I don't really know how to think about this game because I could see 
I wonder if Ohio State comes out kind of flat, knowing, oh God, we're not in the we're not in the playoff. That's all. That's what we that's what we strive for. We didn't win the Big Ten championship. We really for Ohio State, they didn't really meet any of their goals outside of C.J. Stroud, given that he's going to be invited to New York for the Heisman ceremony. But Ohio State as a team hasn't. It's not like they've really met any of their goals, so I wonder if this is kind of like one of those letdown scenarios. And where Utah, on the other hand, could be pumped as hell. This is our first Rose Bowl. We get to we get an opportunity to beat Ohio State. You know, make a real you know a true out of conference statement win. That's where I could see that playing in favor for Utah, but I could also see it going the other way where Ohio State's just just straight up more talented and and they end up and they end up blowing the doors off of Utah. So hopefully it's a combination of both and it ends up being like you said a high scoring really really competitive game, but I don't really have a read a great read on how it's going to finish. No. I mean th- this one could pretty much be all over the board. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> for sure. Another one, the last New Year's Six one that also could be all over the board is Baylor Ole Miss. Baylor's defense did a great job shutting down Oklahoma State this past weekend, and Ole Miss's offense has been on a roll for the most part this season. Ole Miss's defense has been pretty solid, so this this one could be interesting too. I mean, I don't necessarily know what to think from this one. Dave Aranda should have his defense ready to go in this. I mean, he's coached in big games before as a coordinator, and obviously as a head coach, he should be rolling in this one. And got Lane Kiffin down in the Sugar Bowl, down in New Orleans. This this has all the makings of a great game, too. I think the committee, before I let you talk here, Jal, did a great job of matching up teams this year. No, I, I totally agree. I think that I think all these games could be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, again, it's, it's, a, it's a battle. This game is a battle of offense versus defense. I mean, Ole Miss, their specialty is offense. Lane Kiffin's offense, Matt Corral. Or had been a Heisman candidate. I'm sure he's he's got to be out. Of, he's fallen out of the top three now, but he's going to be a first round quarterback taken. And he's had a spectacular year. Baylor's had an incredible defense, so it's going to be an it's going to be a battle between Lane Kiffin and his offense versus Dave Randa's defense. And this is going to be another great game. Again, it's in New Orleans, so I think that that probably favors. I would think that that favors Ole Miss, but New Orleans really isn't that far. Like, I mean, it's 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 pretty damn close to Texas. And so I could see a lot of Texans traveling to New Orleans for this game if they're especially if they're Baylor alums. So this could be this could end up being a, you know, maybe a 50-50 fan base, which sounds surprising, but New or- again, New Orleans is not that far from from Texas at all. Yeah, no, from Waco. No, not at all. And they both teams have pretty good traveling fan bases, so it should be yeah, I can see a 50-50 split in there. Sugar Dome gets loud and yeah. Be dope. Yeah, uh, so no, I think this I think it's I like you said, I think the committee did a great job this year with with really the entire New Year's 6 game yeah. uh spread. Other bowls we'll just jump into briefly touch on. These are ones that just kind of intriguing initial reactions to where teams were put. Some teams like this first matchup are ones that severely underperformed this year. That one has been a college football playoff bound team the last six seasons and failed to make it. And another one that was projected to compete for the big 12 championship and did not uh, <laughs> did not make it Had there. To go but, to their backup quarterback. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the Cheez It Bowl, Clemson Tigers versus the Iowa State go Cyclones. So different Tigers. I don't uh, think Clemson was expecting to play in uh, Camping World Stadium for <laughs> their bowl game this year, <laughs> but uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, no, they. I mean, they 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 were obviously ranked in the top three when we started off the year, and but. Could not get their could not get it together. Their offensive line, especially to start the year, was an absolute complete mess. But feels like they've gotten kind of back on track at least a little bit. Couldn't have been much worse than how they started off the season. So good to, good to see a little bit of success, uh, at least a little bit of something out of Clemson for the second half of the season. 
Yeah, I mean Clemson. They started off in uh, what was it nine to three, nine to six loss to Georgia to open up the yep. season, and yep. then all of a sudden it was like the wheels fell off from there. So no, both teams ended up making bowl games and. Should be an interesting game. Any initial thoughts on who's going to come away with that? I mean, Clemson obviously has the more talent, at least on paper, but... Well, I I mean, Iowa State, this is kind of like a last hurrah for them. Brock Purdy and and Brees Hall. This is their last hurrah. And and Matt Campbell. Who knows? Is Matt Campbell going to stick around? I mean, he he probably will have to now because there's, again, there's not too many big-time jobs open. Yep. Uh, anymore but this is at least matt campbell's last run you know last hurrah with brock purdy and Brees hall so they're gonna be they're gonna be come out fighting trying to get one final college win yep but like you said clemson is a lot more talented i just wonder like is Dabo gonna be out there really getting his guys up for the freaking cheese it bowl (laughs) (laughs) like that's that's the worry i have with clemson so Clemson should win this game, just looking at their talent, looking at their recruiting classes, but and and looking at I think Dabble's a better coach as well than than uh than Matt Campbell, but what's the motivation for Clemson at this point? I think Iowa State's gonna come out a lot more motivated, and it's a bowl game. A lot of times these bowl games come down to motivation. Alright, moving on to the next bowl game. These this is two teams that are going to have potentially two uh, different head coaches coaching in this one. It's uh, the Alamo Bowl with uh, Oregon facing Oklahoma, two teams that a couple weeks back were, again, fighting for a college football playoff spot and get knocked out of a New Year's Six Bowl game. So should be interesting. Oklahoma's had a lot of uh, players entering the transfer portal, decommitting. Oregon might be without Mario Cristobal. A lot of, lot of storylines in this one with uh, two storied programs. Yeah, I mean, mad, mad storylines and, and just huge distractions at this point. I would think that by the time that this bowl game comes around, I would hope that the Mario Cristobal deal is is taken care of because we're still, this, this game isn't going to be played for another few weeks. And hopefully Oklahoma has hired Brett Venables by, by then, so... As long as they both have established head coaches, I could see both. I I I could see both head coaches, especially Brett Venables for OU, coming out hot and and wanting to establish dominance right away. So, or I mean, we've seen Oregon against Utah these last few games. They can't stop any sort of a running game, and Oklahoma does have a decent running game. Caleb Williams is. I mean, you could say the best true freshman in in the in the NCAA this year. C.J. Stroud, by the way, is a redshirt freshman, so not to get him confused with with the within that true freshman class. But Caleb Williams was dominant. I think Brent Ven- Brent Venables is going to want to come in and hopefully establish a culture of of winning and keeping OU as that you know really high ranking college program. Yeah. No, ab- absolutely. Should be interesting to see where what direction both of these programs head to in the next couple of years too. So this is definitely as a coach of both of those teams, something that you want not that it's the Alamo Bowl something to write home about, but definitely want to start off with a win here and move on from there. Well, and and yeah, it'd be it'd be a quality win to to start off your career. Yep. No question. All right, next one I wanted to bring up here is the one that uh Joe and I are both big Badger fans in the bowl game that our beloved Badgers got to play in last year, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. And I, I thought hey. this one was interesting. Uh, you got Mac Brown versus Shane Beamer, the Battle of the Carolinas, to find out who is the best Carolina. That is uh, North Carolina taking on South Carolina. And if this battle wasn't already intense, Joe, word got out today that the Duke's Mayo Bowl executive director, Danny Morrison, said that they will donate $10,000 to the winning team's charity of choice if the winning team dumps mayonnaise on the coach. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Not worth it. Yes. Not worth it. Not for worth it 10K at all. to charity? Anything's worth Dude. it for charity. Uh, 
<laughs> As a player, you, you can't tell me you wouldn't want to dump mayonnaise uh, on your coach. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Not if it. Not if it's mayo. It's Duke's mayonnaise, though. <laughs> it's still mayo. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. <laughs> no, but outside of that, it's. Two programs How do you here. Get that, I mean, uh, out of the crevices. In, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> but North Carolina, obviously, this was not the bowl that they had their heart set on at the beginning of the year. Started I off mean, as a top t- as as number ten in the preseason AP rankings. Yeah, which I mean, that's <laughs> granted they had Sam Howell, so I you would have expected. Yeah. Now will Sam Howell play in this one? I mean, it's obviously he's going to be going to the draft next year, so it'll be interesting to see in the next weeks if. We've seen a lot of guys that are preparing for the NFL just end up saying that they're not playing in a bowl game, so that could totally change the outcome of this one if he doesn't play. But again, I oh just... yeah, I mean if, if Sam Howell's not playing, then it then well then if South Carolina doesn't win, then they're garbage. But I don't know I, if if he's in there, it should be UNC should yeah they should be. just trounce South Carolina. South Carolina's not any good. No, they've had a couple quality wins this year, but then they've had some very bad losses. That That is for sure. <laughs> All right, last bowl game I want to touch on, Jell, and then I'll throw it to you if you have any you want to bring up. But this is the one, our, uh, like I said, our beloved Badgers are playing in. They are traveling out to the city that never sleeps. That is Las Vegas and taking on the Arizona State Sun Devils and Mr. Herm Edwards as the head coach. So, but uh, any initial thoughts on this one? They were You play to win the game. <laughs> they were back and forth between the Outback Bowl and all the projections I saw but then ended up uh heading out heading out west to Las Vegas. So, should be should be an interesting battle against a Pac-12 team. No, I mean both teams both teams ended up finishing the year at 8 and 4. So, this shouldn't be too much of a shocker i was thinking that the badgers could get into a better bowl game given that they had gone uh seven and one in their final eight games they just they started off the year as complete garbage one and then ended up winning out you know or winning a number of games and then and then and then shit themselves against Iowa of course, or against uh, Minnesota in their final uh game their final regular season game. So I was thinking Wisconsin could actually be into a, you know, get themselves into a relatively respectable bowl, but Las Vegas bowl, I really think that kind of this comes down to this committee again, props to this bowl committee knowing that these Badger fans are going to travel Oh, yeah. We see every t- every time that the Badgers have a game, a bowl game, whether it's in Hawaii or in Florida or California, it's it's loaded with Badger fans, and I see the same thing happening here. I mean this this is this is the first bowl game at uh, the Raiders' home stadium, Allegiant Stadium, and I think that I think that the the committee knows. Okay. Badgers are gonna Badger fans are gonna travel, and we're gonna make a shitload of money with Badger fans traveling to Vegas. So I, I that's it's kind of that's kind of why I'm thinking that they ended up why they ended up in this game. No, absolutely, and unlike when the Badgers during the regular season went out to BYU, there should be uh, plenty of alcohol in uh, <laughs> Las Vegas. They won't <laughs> yeah, there, uh, drink there's the town dry. There's not gonna be a shortage of that <laughs> in uh, in Vegas for sure. No, I. This one is just going to, to me, boil down to, does Graham Mertz turn the ball over? I mean, Arizona State's pretty solid on offense. You got Jaden Daniels. You got Rashad White running back there. Rashad White finished with exactly 1,000 rush yards on the season. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, they've they've got a pretty potent offense. But, I mean, looking at their schedule, they had a pretty soft schedule. I mean, they played Utah, lost 35-21, lost to BYU 27-17. Had a quality win. UCLA was ranked 20 at the time, beat them 42-23. But, I mean, outside of that, losses to Oregon State, Washington State. I mean, this should be the Badgers game as long as they don't turn the ball over. Yeah, if the the Badgers don't come out with a W here, then this counts as an officially lost season. I mean, it's already been a disappointment of a season, given that 
we couldn't even represent the poor Big Ten West. I say we, given that the Badgers couldn't represent the poor Big Ten West. But if we if the Badgers can't even get a bowl win here against Arizona State, who, like you said, not had an impressive season, then this is this is just counts as a lost season and that's going to hurt Mertz or Mertz future and Paul Chris future. I go back to hey, by the way, I <laughs> it just when we were talking about Joe Brady and I said I would rather take I would take Joe Brady over Paul Chris going into next season. Not Jim Leonard. <laughs> I would rather have Jim Leonard. Yes. As the head 100%. coach. I'm not saying that Joe Bra- I would I would not take Joe Brady over Jim Leonard going into next season. So cl- just wanted to clarify that. Yep. <laughs> All right, before we close this out, Joe, any other bowl games that piqued your interest looking through the slate? Quite a few uh, to get through. No, Barstool's yeah, got I mean, their big one this year. We're not going to go through year. all <laughs> fucking <No>. like 95 <laughs> of them. So <laughs> No. <laughs> no, I, I think those, those were pretty much the, the hitters for me. Um I, I guess I'm I'm pretty satisfied with, with what we touched on here. All right. Sounds good. We will close it out. We will be back with you again on Thursday with our week 14 preview. But again, uh, like I touched on at the beginning of the episode, our beginning of the week podcasts are going to be more sports talk related fantasy towards the end of the week until the season ends as we transition over to fully sports talk. But Again, we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe to us so that way you know when any of our new shows drop. So that way you can listen to them right away or at your earliest convenience or whenever you want to. Otherwise, I can be found at Joss or JPEG Das. That's at J P E C D A S. Joe can be found at Das Gel. That's at D A S J E L. Again, hit us up with any questions, comments, concerns. Could be fantasy-related, sports-related. More than happy to answer any questions you have. If you want us to touch on a topic that piques your interest, get our take on it, by all means, send us some information on it. We'll do our best to touch on that during our recording, so that way you can get our hot takes on it. Otherwise, Gel, where can they listen to us? Hit us up on anchor.fm or on the Anchor app. Great feet, a lot of great features there, whether you're a listener or a podcaster yourself. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pods. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, take a screenshot of that review, send it to us on our social platforms, whether that's at Dead Arm Sports on Instagram and Twitter, or just by searching Dead Arm Sports on Facebook. Again, and if you don't want to hit us up at Dead Arm Sports on Twitter, you can find us at D-A-S-J-E-L or J-P-E-C-D-A-S. All right. Well, that again will do it. Again, appreciate everybody out there listening. Hopefully you found this episode as entertaining as we did. It was a lot of fun and look forward to bowl season as always. Can't wait to see how that college football playoff shakes out. And again, we will be back with you a little bit later in the week with our fantasy related episodes. Otherwise, Gel, what uh what you got close us out today? We're gonna be like corn and see you later. <laughs>